This is the Beige and the Bold, and today we are watching All Good Things. I'm Ben Velding, and I watched this episode when it originally aired. And I'm Derek. This is my first time watching this episode. You ready? Yep. In three, two, one, engage. So, uh, thanks for coming back. It's been a while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I um, I was surprised to see this. Uh, <laughs> you know, they were like, okay, they're they're chilling. Um, I don't think I've seen this before, but okay, fine. And then this conversation gets a lot deeper than I expected. Yeah, welcome to the most controversial thing among the fandom until Vic Fontaine. Yeah, these, these are two you are dating. Are kidding me? <laughs> How is this controversial? People are like, ugh, we don't like it. People, look, a lot of people have the Riker Troy OTP, which you know I'm not into. Um, yeah, same. And this is one of the bold decisions in season seven. That I really credit the show for. It swung for the fences in season seven, trying to keep things fresh. Okay, and this is a, yeah. it's a fresh idea. I mean, this makes sense, you know, considering you know, like Worf was an like a single parent, and he went to Deanna a lot. It makes sense that they would, you know, kind of grow a little bit closer. Yeah, um, yeah. And I, I I like how she kind of pushes back here. Like, you know, Worf is kind of honor and loyalty bound, so he has like that sense of uh, sentimentality. And uh, Deanna's like, what? No, F that dude. Like, he doesn't have any say on what we do. Yeah, I mean, look, it, I like this relationship. On the other hand, do not date your therapist. Your therapist is, yeah. is there as a professional to help you. Yeah, yeah. Just block and wharf until the end, Picard. Yeah, yeah I know, right? Like, at the very, like, can't even just get anything. Get, get just a little bit. Yeah. So, start at 47988. Uh... If you ever look at your phone, the last four digits may match the phone number of someone who's very happy about that. Um, <laughs> it, it is the equi- is the Star Trek equivalent of Call Turk, okay? I'm just never changing okay, that phone number. Okay, that's fair. Um, All right, interesting. But yeah, Picard's like, I don't know. I'm moving through time. And they're like, ugh. Yeah, it's like, yeah, we all are. We're all moving through time at a second per second. <laughs> What's your point? Yeah, moving at a walking pace, man. Um, so yeah, he's like, no, I'm also doing bad moving through time. So, and everyone's like, ah, yeah, yeah, I'm, ha- I'm having a bad trip. I'm having a bad time trip. It's always on Friday, guys. You got to do yeah. some time shenanigans. So time shenanigans. Yeah, but we're, I mean, we're intrigued. It's a good, again, this show got good at doing slice of life stuff and then transitioning into yeah. the, the plot science stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think the one part that is kind of unfortunate is that too many of those uh, transitions have to do with Picard, like, raising his voice and saying, listen to me. And um, it it definitely could have been um, someone beyond Picard could have, like, be at the center of these things. (sighs) I wish. Like Jonathan Frakes. Yeah, I mean, uh, for, for the finale of the episode, you know. For the finale of the series, I'll allow it. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah, I also like, and you may have missed this, is that uh, throughout a lot of the a lot of this episode early on, Picard is in uh, his his nightwear, his evening wear. Yeah. Um, I did I did not miss that. <laughs> so, but the deal is, is that gives you this visual distinction between the time periods, where Picard in the past, oh, okay, yeah. is always in his uniform. So. Yeah. Um, and eventually, like, our Picard gets in his uniform and everybody ends up in the same place. So, we start off with these divergent places, right? And then we end up yeah. 
uh, kind of in the same place. Right. But it's good. Yeah, I mean, it definitely it definitely helps you kind of keep track of stuff, and it is good that there is kind of um, they have like different time markers. I would say, you know, when you have two Picards in uniform, one of them can talk to Tasha Yar, and one of them doesn't. Yeah. So, the guest list for this is amazing. <laughs> Denise Crosby is Tasha Yar. Spoilers, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, um, I guess so. So, um, call me. Nee. What What is the What's interesting to me too is that. Um, if you look at his comprehension of the time points as something that he has to accept to do. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, I, I like how, as we progress through this episode, he gets better at it because he kind of just, as he, he's wrapping his head around it, he just kind of, instead of thrashing against it, he, he accepts it that as a thing, but I like how Deanna here is like, Hey, is this just a dream? Like maybe, you're an old dude. <laughs> Maybe you're all jacked. You're all jacked up. Yeah, you can have you can have intense dreams that feel real, but like generally, like the way they're they're comprised, you, you realize when you wake up that it's a dream. So, yeah, Indiana's front and center for this for this this part of this episode. Yeah, she actually gets to kind of be helpful to the resolution of uh, certain things, and even if she isn't, she's not part of the resolution, but. She um she helps with him working this out and then she's there as part of um you know the relationship beef that Riker and Worf have. Yeah. It's a good ensemble episode, even if everyone's doing something different at the different times. Yeah. I do like how they jump cut here because I think it it lends it it actually does a bit of storytelling because it throws you off guard and so you're off guard the way Picard's off guard. Yeah. Um, but as Picard gets better at this, um, the jump cuts actually do like help you see the information being correlated across the timeline. Oh yeah, it's so great visually. Yeah, like yeah, and there's 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 that beat right. Um, there's a beat where he's like, "Where yeah. am I in this time?" And then he immediately begins doing whatever he was doing, and you can see that he's yeah. acclimated to this time now. Um, yeah, it's crazy. So yeah. I like I like this. I, I don't understand um, the the double handshaking before the hug scenario, yeah. but I do like how um, how how familiar they are with each other. Yeah, and that, that's what it's showing. Um, yeah, and then they give us the timeline: twenty five years. This series wrapped in nineteen ninety four, so twenty five years from nineteen ninety four is twenty nineteen. Um, so this future, <laughs> relative to the rest of the series, is two years in the past. Dang. Yeah, dang. The time passes, man. So, <laughs> I mean, this is nothing like... Um, huh? That's nothing compared to the DS9 episode set in 2024, which is uh, real close. Real close. But, um, yeah. 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 Anyway, yeah. So yeah, uh, Jordy's wife. We wanted to talk about. Yeah, that. they're like, "How's Leia? Oh, she's doing good." Yeah, I'm pretty sure <laughs> that one. They're talking about a different Leia who's an engineer yeah. and ends up running the Daystrom Institute, or they're talking about Leia yeah. Brahms, the lady what that Jordy creeped on when he met her <laughs> one time and who was already yeah. married and therefore left her husband for Jordy. You know, what's a real character arc: <laughs> marrying someone different. Moving on from the <laughs> yeah. one opposite of a relationship that Jordy had that one time. 
Yeah. I, I like. I mean, <laughs> I choose to believe that on Rigel Three, holographic marriage is legal, and he married the hologram. That sits <laughs> yeah. better with me. You can adopt kids. Either, either that, or it's like, uh, like it, it was. It's kind of like the equivalent in the future of like buying someone a bouquet of flowers to create an algorithm that you can have a romance with uh, to practice before you meet them in real life. Yeah, and it's not creepy, but it you know to my. 2020 years it's 2021 years i should say um it definitely sounds super creepy i mean picard has eromotic syndrome but like is it like a real doll situation where it was like oh jody's married to a hologram <laughs> yeah how is <laughs> hologram wife doing oh sh- she's good she's good normal yeah, holographic she's, wife doing good i yeah i've been having i've been having trouble programming our kids but uh i'll work through the bugs soon enough admiral Riker is like yeah it seems normal Anyway, <laughs> uh, so yeah, and apparently he's writing novels too, which is pretty cool. So yeah, that's neat. So I mean, yeah, he has this is kind of wild, right? Yeah. Like, um, and this definitely kind of is one of those deals that undercuts the, uh, you know, whether or not we should believe what Picard's saying. Yeah, um, because we don't know where these guys are coming from, and we were told he's got some kind of brain disease. Yep. We got some Slaughterhouse Five layers going on here, so yeah. But I mean, it was in the credits, but it's still such a great reveal. Yeah, um, it is. Um, and I don't know if we've seen this before, like this particular, like because I think that we just see Picard like showing up on the bridge, don't we? Or showing up on the ship? Yeah. Our our opening shot of Encounter at Farpoint, the first episode of TNG, is Picard is already in the conference room. Which he has walked into yeah. and then darkened for some reason so he can stare out a window. Um, <laughs> with a monologue. So all of this is new. Yeah. But it looks old. Um, yeah. And But it's it's good to see Tasha Yar back. I, like, I'm nostalgic about this because I watched yeah. this over a year when it, not when it originally aired. Um, so yeah. Yar seemed like a real person and then she was gone and then you felt that presence. Right. No matter how many times Denise Crosby came back, you felt that presence over the next six years. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's recycled footage from, I think, season four, episode two, Family. Um, but, you know, you put it on a, on a blue screen, and it looks, looks new. Looks right. New. So, it, I don't know, it's really nice to have her back as Tasha Yar. Yeah. And we hit that. And so, th- yeah, this is my first point where I'm like, um, I don't think it's time travel. Because he just went through two different, quote, timelines, but he's been in Troy's office the whole time, and he never went anywhere. Yeah. Uh, Because Troy's not like, oh, you're back, thank God. Um, And so, how are you traveling to these points in time if your your physical matter is here? Yeah. Which lends credit to this notion that he's just having a brain problem. Yeah. Which is reasonable. I mean, the only problem is it's hard to get a good story out of that, so... Yeah. Like if, and that's the deal is like, you can't give us fake outs unless, unless the fake out has a good story behind it. Yeah. And then you're just going to live with the fact that we're, we we want to hear that story. We want to hear the fake out story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but this is your last story you're going to tell presumably. Yeah, yeah. So, so, but you can see how much more comfortable all these people have gotten with each other yeah. over the years. That's nurse Ogawa. She, she's been in the, the series that you've seen. Um, but she becomes a little yeah. more prominent as time goes on. So 
Yeah, she's got a MacGuffin baby that she's going to lose, unfortunately. They, they've established the baby so in previous yeah. episodes. So um, I don't think it was intended for the baby to get deboarded uh, in this episode. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's a happy yeah, accident. Would... Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, and so this is like they're having like, you know, uncomfortable medical conversations and... I really what what this sets up for me is that um, how competent Crusher is because he's going to do a time shift again and Crusher is going to immediately look for new evidence and I love that yeah I love because she's just so good at her job and she knows that if you're dealing with time and like she's she's just letting the the evidence speak to her, right? Yeah. And she's like, hey, look, this will either help establish whatever he's saying is true or help prove that whatever he's saying isn't true. Yeah. Um, so I, I really need to act fast here. It's dramatically underrated, underutilized character. So Yeah, for sure. But um, I like this little foretelling that she's going to put up with him for a long time. Yeah. Um, I mean, she's nowhere in Picard to her, to her great benefit. But uh, yeah. Anyway, so... Um, Still. Also, it's good to see that like a number one's privilege includes uh, being told personal medical uh, advice. But I guess they were finished with that conversation. Violate the HIPAA. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see, they, they've they, they've violated HIPAA with each other once or twice. Yeah, but yeah here we get like a super like a super secret call, and he's going to take that in his like clothes. Look, when you call a, a like, Starfleet captain, he doesn't even gonna, yeah. You get what you get. He isn't even going to wrap up. He's just going to like, he's going to spread out his V a little bit and just, you know, posture. You like what you see in Admiral Nagura? Mm. <laughs> I, you pointed hey, this out. How you doing? I'm sorry, it's, it's Admiral Nakamura. And he's been seen two yeah. times before. He was in Phantasms and he was in uh, Measure of a Man. He did. He did definitely look familiar for mm. sure. Um, he has. He has. A, he has one of those faces that I recognize. So he has a very round face. Oh. It's Clyde yes. Kusatu. Nice. Um, um. So I mean, this is this is kind of cool. We're we're kind of given like, oh wow, we can't stop with this whole Picard shifting through time. Hey, that isn't our big deal. Place. We got <laughs> also another problem. Yeah. The Devron system. It's like, well, you know, business continues. The universe doesn't care that you're shifting through time. So yeah. now we have a Romulan issue. Which, again, the Romulans have been yeah. a center point of uh, this series. Where, you know, they've been gone for a long time before the series started. Season one, they came back. And Picard's been going yeah. toe-to-toe with the Romulans. And to a lesser extent, Troy. Uh, for a long time. So, <laughs> yeah. And so I, I like that we have Jordy. Jordy is essentially like the the sympathetic character that I would say in in like the mo- the modern timeline is what Crusher is. Um, you know, he does uh, express a little bit of um, I don't know if I'd say um, disbelief, more confusion, um, yeah. and he 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 wants to kind of push back sometimes, but he's like, you know what? Yeah, let's do the thing that you, that that you feel like would help. Yeah, I do also want to admit these guys were lucky they made Picard do one of the two French things that they could shoot on location in California. <laughs> if he'd been a cheesemaker, they'd have been screwed. It's like no, he yeah. does vineyards, and they had those in California. It's like damn, we nailed it. So <laughs> so good. So yeah, 
Um, so yeah, I like Picard's moving through the time periods and he is disoriented, but I think a lot of it is like he's, you know, we talk about body swaps, we talk about like the hard physiology of being in another person's body and how bodies operate right. differently. Um, and yeah. I think we see our Picard trying to talk through the eromotic syndrome of this Picard's body. So he isn't always as direct as he could be. Um, yeah, I mean, he definitely isn't as put together. He's not as polished as a captain. And whether that is like him just hanging out by himself for too long or the aromatic syndrome or just being out of the service, who knows? But yeah. he definitely, um, like, see this? Like, he's losing his composure. Yeah. It's good. It's different. And, and, and it's, and Jordy helps sell it because he's like, He's like, uh, okay, I'm flustered too, but uh, sure, yeah. I mean, I guess he's on Earth, right? Is he? And he's at like, Cambridge. Okay, cool. Yeah. I uh, and so I, and also, it's wild that Jordy's like, yeah, I think Data's still at Cambridge. I'm like, bro, he was your bro, bro. <laughs> yeah, y'all don't talk anymore. What the hell? You can't send letters. You can't Facetime people. Did you not even text Data? Yeah, so I like his robot eyes. By the way, I think they're pretty cool. Yeah, it's another way this this is visually distinct. Again, they're curing Jordy, and to their benefit, it's been a long time since they tried to cure Jordy, but um, <laughs> it makes him visually distinct for the future, in addition to his age. Um, yeah, so I mean, this kind of story starts becoming kind of like an RPG quest where we just like we, we're kind of like given like the next piece of the puzzle and then we got to go somewhere else to find another piece, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I, I kind of enjoy that thing. And I like how uh, now they're at data and he's in a very like Sherlock period setting, yeah. which is kind of appropriate for data. I think big 19th century energy. Yeah. Um, he's also, he's also a crazy cat person. He is. <laughs> I love all the, I don't know how they got all these cats to, to stay on set at the Just same chill, time. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, surely the cat on that chair is looking at a thing. But, like, why are the other yeah. cats not looking at that same thing? It's hard to do. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think if you can put a cat high up and get them to chill out, um, it's pretty much a, a good way to get them to stay in one spot. Yeah. I like that. I like that, that they have, like, a back and forth. Because it also shows that he's... Yes, yeah, see, look, he's talking about her being trying. Like, he he understands more about what it is to be human and have a conversation with humans. Uh, and it's good. Yeah. So he says it makes him laugh and it's a very different data. And again, we're charting the arc of, <laughs> I like how he calls her out on the not Earl Grey tea. Um, <laughs> but even when he orders the tea, like it feels like it's done by muscle memory, right? Of the brain. Yeah. 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 Tea, exactly. Grey, huh? Like he's like, of course it's hot. It's, you know, I'm giving you tea. I'm not going to give you cold tea. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick Stewart got to pet a cat in the scene. Oh, shit. Envious. So anyway, um yeah so yeah uh so we kind of get to see where everybody is i think that that's the main point of this to look at where we were to look at where we are and to look at where we might go in the future um and yeah yeah and and, and have like a mystery you know to follow as well yeah um and, and yeah that's that's kind of a nice thing um and i like how um i feel like they're they are entertaining um picard's narrative uh, in a non-patronizing way. They are. Um, he, but he does get super sensitive about this whole, like, hey, because, like, even if you wanted to follow his stuff, it's like, okay, well, we have to rule out, like, it's just in your head thing. Yeah. And that's good. That's what they should do. Look, there was a whole episode about not coddling people with degenerative mental disorders in Sarek. 
Yeah. It was bad. It was yeah. bad that they did that. They shouldn't have done that. But then they do it in the future again anyway. So yeah. they get yeah. the old episodes out. They bring Kalmini back. The Worf, yeah. what are you doing? This was disorienting for me because I remember seeing this and I'm like, wait a minute. Or is this? Do Cleons come to attention in a different time zone? Worf. <laughs> the worst. Just one or two steps behind. Sorry, um, Cleons are in one of those time zones that's 30 minutes behind instead of an hour. Like, come on. Yeah, I'm just thinking about like going to formation, like meeting like your new like captain um, in formation, and he does this kind of stuff. Like, can't can't just say some boilerplate stuff. Can't do like the dog and pony show, and yeah. uh, that's got to be disorienting. Yeah. So, but yeah, everyone's wearing the old uniforms. They got Call Mini back for this because he's doing Deep Space Nine, but he was in the pilot episode. Yeah. Um, so, uh, at the end of DS9, Kalmini is the only guy to have been in two season premieres and two season finales of Star Trek. Oh, snap. Yeah. So, uh, the guy's a legend. And it was good of him to come back and kind of close the circle here. And give us... Yeah, for sure. That's That must be a wild thing. Oh, yeah. I was like, hi, uh, I'm your new captain. Battle stations. <laughs> I, love that, I love that it's actual chaos. Denise Crosby has to, like, skip around a person. It's great. Um, yeah. But... Like, it's good, because, like, each time period also has a pretty distinct cast from the others. So, yeah, you have Yar here, um, and just like in Encounter Farpoint, a lot of the crew is missing, because they, they don't introduce them until the second part of the episode. Right. They've moved the ships off the wall since then, so they had to pull the ships back in to make the ready room look like how it did. Yeah. This is funny to me, because, like, he has this log, he's like, listen, I can't tell the crew about the extra knowledge that I have, because it could risk like some sort of time paradox and then goes on to like like instead of like talk to yar about security issues talk to Worf. i'm like dude <laughs> you just got finished with your log like come on man it's a habit and he, ke- he keeps doing it though <laughs> he keeps he keeps like um like he even does it uh later on i, I can't remember who he's talking to he's like ah oh, yes oh yeah he talks to o'brien he's like don't worry, Brian, you can do this. All those time building um, uh, ships. It's like, dude, you just got to finish saying you shouldn't be giving them any knowledge. Yeah. And you're totally heavy hinting that you know them already. Yeah, I'd, I'd forgotten when I watched this what the what the initial episode was. I didn't expect us to call back to that. So yeah. Um, whenever he asked her about another intelligence, I'm like, what's that all about? Yeah. So yeah. I was, I was kind of lost in that one. So... Yeah. But yeah, he, he tells Warp to go to security and she's like, yeah, I gotta yeah. do it. I'm too scared. I like, Yard's about to right kick you, man. You better chill out. Yeah. <laughs> Look, Susie Plaxton still works for this production, Picard. Keep your head down. Yeah. Like, yeah the stunt yeah. double. Keep you, yeah, keep your head down and your, your hands up. <laughs> so. But um, they've changed the paneling on here, how it used to be. They, I think they changed the stripes on the captain's chair. So they really oh, went yeah. for the old look. Now the the shooting is the same, the lighting is the same that we see after season three, yeah. but um, it works. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's good again. Interesting. We have a, a real motley crew here, with yeah, Worf and Yarn O'Brien and Yar, uh, uh, not not Yoshi, <laughs> Troy, Troy, so. 
So. Yeah, so like in my mind, the whole time I was seeing this, I was thinking about how unreasonable Picard looks at to the the new crew of the Enterprise, right? Yeah. Like he's like every time you come up with like a new leader, like even if it's military or just like um you know, just a, a civilian situation, you know, it takes a while to get to know them. Um, but he's looking like he's shaking things up big time. Let me blow your fucking mind. He is going full Jellico. He comes on board. Okay. He cut off Troy. He has all the, he knows everything about everybody and he has ways yeah. to work on the technical specs of the enterprise. Like that's exactly what Jellico yeah. did. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, dude, come on, man. Don't tell him that. Like, he's like, I mean, <laughs> he's like, yes. And you're, you're going to marry. So it's so it's like the trivial psychic. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, he like touches his shoulder. He's like, oh. "You're going to have coffee this morning." He's like, "Yeah, I have coffee every morning." O'Brien puts that pad to the side. He's like, "Okay, I'm just gonna look up my own service record because it sounds like bullshit." <laughs> yeah, it's kind of bullshit that he's like, "Oh yeah, I read your your profile." I was like, "What? That's in my profile?" So this is a callback. That was a callback to an earlier episode where Picard's asking about ships in bottles, and <coughs> oh, okay. Worf and Data didn't do that, but O'Brien at the transporter, Brown is like, "Oh, I I, I did that, sir." Picard's like, yeah, cool. Yeah. And that's why Picard and O'Brien are best friends. And O'Brien warrants an entire scene in the Deep Space Nine premiere where Picard tells him goodbye. He doesn't. That's bullshit. <laughs> Not over it. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that's kind of BS. Yeah. So we can see old school data who's asking about idioms and things like that. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it's what you do with any kind of hyper logical nerd is you just distract him with technical problems. Yeah. It's good. So. It's called nerd sniping. <laughs> I would believe that there is a term for that. <laughs> it's like an old XKCD comic. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So uh, I, I do like how kind of we're um, we're reintroducing kind of we're, we're we're doing kind of things we've done before, but in a little different way, which is kind of neat. Yeah. Neat. So this is, oh man, look, he's like the time shift. And like immediately she grabs like something to scan his brain with. Yeah. Uh, and it's just so good. Uh, yeah. So and, you know, he begins putting it together so that our timeline can be the one that's kind of on top of what's going on. Because in the future, right. nobody takes him seriously. In the past, he can't tell anybody for timeline reasons. And yeah. so now this can be kind of our, our command base of trying to figure this out. Yeah. So, and I like how we we've we kind of you know got something that lends credit to Picard's theory, um, you know, organically, you know, because it was due to her quick thinking, and it wasn't like a oh we found time time particles in your thinking brain. Yeah. It was like yeah no you looks like you made a whole bunch of memories like inside of I don't know an hour. Yeah. <laughs> so what's yeah that's definitely something weird. We also understand that there's a lot of time passing within each time period that we don't necessarily yeah. recognize. So, you know, television's usually abbreviated passage of time is getting enhanced right. here. So this may take yeah. place over a couple days or a week even. Yeah. Yeah. And I do like how he's trying to establish uh, if there's any continuity or not. And you can tell that there isn't. So this is really interesting that we're we're essentially alluding to like a, a multiverse where we're taking the tack of 
every decision you make splits like a time to like a different like I guess realm, if you will. Which is which is an interesting thing to revisit when we learn what our main uh, bad guy is. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, so we're doing our captain's jumping through time, and uh, we got to face off against some Romulans. Pretty average day in Starfleet, right? Yeah, yeah. So. And we Riker's like, hey, listen, I've been looking at some old uh, photographs. And I was like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. You resolved this years ago, didn't you? <laughs> I thought we resolved this years ago with Riker believing that yeah. Troy is still on the hook. Yeah. And like, it's just, it's such a privileged thing to believe about yourself. Um, if you ever find yourself in a situation where you're actively dating other people but really want to date someone else that is free <laughs> that is also single um you don't you don't have a right to that person's affections like you're just i, I enjoy the hell look he's fuming he's fuming like to the point where he can't do his job i love this episode but it throws Riker right into the Bussard collectors he just goes yeah. into a goop yeah like yeah. He's become a better commander over the years. He's become a better person over the years. He's found his footing with Troy over the years. And this one is like, nah, he's hung up on Troy and he lets that interfere with his gerb. Like, you're facing off against yeah. the Romulans. Your captain's shifting through time. Focus, yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah. Your captain's shifting through time and he definitely told you that, hey, if I'm out of it, you need to take command. And you're worried about where you're going to put your dick in next. Come on, man. He's worrying about, like, the potential orbital states of his dick. He's like, whoa, am I losing the P1 <laughs> orbital? Damn. <laughs> that was my favorite orbital. It was my backup. It was my safety. It was my secondary backup. <laughs> what if Lieutenant Hayes on deck two is no longer into it? <laughs> oh, I do like this here how um, I don't know if anything about what the medicine that like the medicine that she did to discover like the memories he's making like suggests also that he hasn't been sleeping but i do love how he's like listen if you are jumping back through time rest is probably a really good idea yeah um and she also reminds us that hey look i'm the medical officer i get to tell you what to do yeah. so do it <laughs> so um but yeah but you know like he just woke up that morning so yeah, I assume that they've been up all night working on this. Um, yeah, working on this puzzle. So yeah, I mean this. Uh, you know, so their their romance or whatever. Um, it's okay. I I I don't like it. I I feel like it's kind of a forced gig. I feel like they could have totally had a platonic relationship where they both knew like a dude that died in a different way. For, um, for seven years, uh, they were platonic. Um, yeah. And I, I think that you would appreciate a, knowing that they maybe get together and then it doesn't work out. I mean, if anything, when you go I to do, the future I, of them being divorced, you can be like, called it. <laughs> yeah. And I do like that. I And I did call it. <laughs> like, oh, like, like when when she shows up, I'm like, no, there's no way they're still together because he was by himself, like in like with a brain disease, like out in the field. Yeah. And she's like, well, he's like, you're my, you're, whether you're my ex-captain or my ex-husband, you don't get to do that. I'm like, yeah, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> Stand up to him. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I jumped ahead a little bit, but. Yeah. Yeah. No, but like at that time I was like, it kind of felt like a lot of what I'd seen was a will they or won't they? And there they, like they will they'd. And, um, but yeah, when we jump forward in time, it's, it's somewhat satisfactory to know that it didn't work out because I, of course it didn't work out. Yeah. 
And so now Picard is is putting together more stuff from the thing, but he's not getting his mental test, yeah. which is like, dude, just go to go to the get your brain scanned. I mean, yeah, like there's really no reason why he can't get his brain scanned. Like he's like, hey, listen, and there are a lot of like he in this particular jump into the front time, he looks the most unreasonable here, I think, mm-hmm. because. You know, he doesn't get his brain scanned. There are alternatives that are, like, proposed. Like, hey, look, other people can go do a thing. Um, He feels like he's the only one that can, like, solve this problem. And that isn't true. Other people are capable. Um, But, uh, yeah. So he... Jordy's exasperated here. I feel that exasperation for sure. Yeah. So and um, wow, okay, we're getting like a little military update. Yeah, apparently being friends with the Cleons and not having them reform their government was uh, a bad move. <laughs> Who knew? Yeah, Who knew? <laughs> you mean playing? You mean playing Kingmaker isn't a good idea? I mean, just having the aggressive people, really letting them continue to be aggressive, isn't isn't going to work out. <laughs> so bad future for the Romulans. Let me tell you, the future of the Star Trek universe is never kind to the Romulans. Which is unfortunate. Yeah. So. Anyway. So Picard's like, yes, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get the whole gang back together. And then I'm going to call Riker and he's going to be like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> but guess what? Riker doesn't. He's like, go home. <laughs> yeah. You're drunk, Picard. I mean, that's the right thing to do. Coddle- yeah, it is. Coddling Picard in this scenario is absolutely wrong. So. Um, yeah. I just like. And then also, I know Picard has its story reasons, but Picard has no other friends to call on. Yeah. So, but whatever. So. Yeah. And like, he's being reasonable here. Like he's a civilian and he's like, listen, I saw, I saw like intelligence reports. I'm letting you know about intelligence reports, even though you may or may not be uh, cleared. And he's like, listen, I can get someone close there and they can do a thing but I'm not taking you there. Like, that's not happening. Yeah, which is completely reasonable. And they kind of make yeah. out like Riker's the bad guy here. But, like, he's not. His only yeah. his only sin, like so many admirals before him, is keeping the plot from going forward. <laughs> yeah. I like the holographic fireplace. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. We will use the technology. So. And he just seems so petulant yeah. here. Um, which is just... Uh, it, it really kind of gives you a sense that there were depths to Picard that we never really get, got to see. Um, that's supported by canon. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, hey, Torellian outbreak. In in the original script for this, and I think the novelization, they had Torellians who actually went to the, um, the thing we find in the Devron system. Because there's a Torellian plague that we see in season one, right, where it's incurable and all the people are suffering from, yeah. from it. Although they all have amazing abs, yeah. but like, um, <laughs> you know, they, they, I have some pull with the captain. I used to bone her, you see, <laughs> they were friends for a long time and he married her as well. But yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm sure some boning um, happened. <laughs> I, can't, I can't deny the boning. So, yeah. Hey. I didn't, I don't get her being a captain. Um, I, I guess I don't understand how medical ships work, but even being, on a medical ship, seems like she'd want to be close to the medical, like the, the science, not the administration, which is what I assume being a captain is. I mean, right? They were just about to. What? What? <laughs> you both had 
your arms open for a hug and you stop for what reason? Your, I thought her hand was up for a handshake. I I I like this oh. confusion. I like this physical confusion. The little yeah, yeah, physical. no, it's good. It, it shows that they they're kind of. It's been a while since they've kind of interacted before Facebook. Like, oh, wow. This is how we said that relationships were complicated. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, and she's also doing this kind of like, uh, wow, this is kind of a little uncomfortable, but I'm still moving forward with it. Yeah, so it's good. It's good physical acting. I don't often uh, compliment Gates McFadden on her acting, which is good. Yeah. Um, so I I think it's perfectly natural for her to to be a captain. Um, like obviously she's good at the science bits and the medical bits. But at the same time, it's reasonable for her to to be in a command position. In season two, <laughs> they do the double captain. Oh uh, yeah, that's yeah. Um, uh, although it is a little weird that she wouldn't have like that she would have kept Picard. Yeah, um, she kept Crusher. So, oh yeah, oh well, well, yeah, that's I, right. Well, the, he didn't die, but he died. Like that kind of makes more sense. Like I assume they're both alive. I mean, they're both alive, and they walked away from the marriage. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um, but then again, my, um, my mom, when she got divorced, she kept, uh, she kept her old name. So, yeah. so, so, uh, <laughs> I like to have that little spat about him needing to go yeah. rest and he argues about it and then he decides to go rest. So, yeah. He does it anyway. So. Yeah. And so now we're getting down to brass tacks. We're like, all right, listen, can it, can we, Yeah. I I do like how uh, as well that he's he's resisting it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, no more than the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> he's moving through time a little bit. So, I mean, again, I like her. I like that she's in command. I think she's a pretty good job, considering that she puts her entire crew yeah. at risk of Cleons. And she was, yeah, she was like totally, she's like, all right, I guess he wants one more last hurrah, so we're going to give it to him. And it's like, I mean, I don't know if taking like a a ship with no weapons to the neutral zone that doesn't exist anymore and might be a combat zone is like a last hurrah. It sounds more like a suicide mission. Hey, look, I don't want to do this, but there's a guy named Rios, okay? His ship is called the La Serena. (laughs) Like, you're not going to meet him, but he's out there. You just, I'm going to write you a prescription and you go and fill that prescription (laughs) to go to the neutral zone with that guy. Trust me, he's got a death wish. It's great. (laughs) He's got a death wish. So, um, but regardless, they're going to use the medical ship, which is kind of a clever solution that plays on Picard's history. Yeah, so, look at this. Like, this, like this, this timeline is getting the craziest Picard. <laughs> like, you're like, man, I really don't know what's with this new captain, but he is just not by the book, is he? <laughs> okay, look. So, guys, I'm uh, I'm in Section 31, and you don't know what that is yet. But, <laughs> like, I was supposed to meet an alien out here for a dead drop. Some kind of weapon. <laughs> for a dead drop. Uh, you know, like Yar goes over to Deanna and is like, so uh, what do you think of the new captain? She's like, honestly, he's everywhere. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> so then he reveals himself at like the exact right narrative moment whenever Q yeah. should be there in the past, whenever Q is breaking the continuity. Yeah. And this is old school. This uh, I feel like this shot's a lot better than the shot that we got beforehand because it it shows kind of the regality of this, how like, uh, you know, Picard's kind of low, he's high. You see like a lot more of the, the, uh, chair and all that. Yeah. It's good. Hell of a chair. That's a hell of a chair. So, 
I mean, I know it's a chair on a boom, but it looks like it does a pretty good impression of a floating chair. Yeah. And also, um, I really do like uh, Q's outfit here. He's um, it's got a certain flair that I appreciate, I guess. It's like it's authoritarian meets kind of drag queen, I think. But I, I'm, I'm into it's it. It's a good way to good, good way to call it. Uh, and Delancey is slaying it. Delancey's just amazing. Oh, yeah. He's killing it always. I mean, he's just so great. And he's given he's just given free reign. Like, this is the ultimate cue. Yeah. Where, like, malicious, fun, uh, taunting. He's just he's just so focused on what he is. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's great. Um. Another Q appearance after this point would be superfluous, I would think, in my opinion. <laughs> Humbly. But, um, so yeah, so it's good. It's chaotic, it's the gallery, and yeah. he's going to play a game with Picard yeah. about what's going on. I, yeah, and yeah, he's going to do the whole uh, ten, the, the ten questions and the yes or no questions is, um, is a very Q thing to do, you know, because he likes to see Picard struggle yeah it's great <laughs> yeah so um and picard's obviously reacting to the crowd which is interesting so um but we're, we're getting clues revealed from q yeah yeah and that was a double question picard of course there's a connection you're here aren't you <laughs> yeah so um and it you know like i don't know if it's good storytelling to let your <laughs> To let your characters ask questions of God, basically. Yeah. Like, um, it, they're teases, right? They're very indirect. And he Q's yeah. answers are always laced with additional meaning. Yeah, and I what I what I think why it's kind of passable here is because he doesn't give him like total answers. Um, yeah. And like he <laughs> He knows what's going on and he's just being so, oh, that's good. Like, you're going to be so surprised. And it's like, yes, you're doing it. He is enjoying the hell out of this. Yeah. It's great. That little yes. yes. <laughs> so that, so that yes, so that yes about he's the one responsible through time changes the whole, like, my whole perspective of what's happening with Picard. So instead of him, like, jumping back and forth through period through different timelines he's actually um experiencing all the timelines simultaneously and cues like the traffic cop he's like giving him like some kind of um network between these three picards that they can all share like information yeah so and this and uh and that's really neat i like that we've seen uh q lays down like his his verdict, I guess, where it's like, look, yeah. you've been worried about all these little human things instead of trying to expand your your consciousness. Yeah. Like, and I mean, and, and this is, I feel like this is true in the writing as well. Like the writing could have done a little bit more <laughs> high concept, but I guess they were more worried about ratings and primetime television and they didn't feel like an audience could handle it. I mean, it's, it's hard to blow someone's mind 25 times a, a year for seven years straight. Um, you know, yeah, like, I mean, I agree with that. It's it's hard to elevate people's consciousness. So I, you know, I I think when Q says your concerns are more 
earthly. I think it's, it's fair, yeah. but it's important. Uh, he said so the thing. What's, he said what's really interesting? Go ahead, sorry. <laughs> just, I was being facetious. He said trek through the stars. <laughs> so. Uh, so what I like, what this seems to indicate to me is that the Q continuum is part of some great filter. Like they're like, oh, well, you don't get to do a certain thing unless the Q continuum says so. But they already have like faster than light travel and like they're they're pretty much all over like the first quadrant of the galaxy. Yeah. So I don't know <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what the filter is filtering out basically, um, but I guess it is filtering something. If there was a next step that humans might reach, that the Q yeah. didn't think they were ready for, yeah, and they could do that, um, yeah, which is fascinating. But it kind of assumes that yeah. This is going to be limited to humanity, but we'll learn yeah. later why that assumption is questionable. I like that little laugh when he says God. So, yeah. Look, I'm an atheist. Okay. I like when things are for me. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, no, it's nice. It's good. So now this is kind of where we get a little step forward in like how Picard is like treating this problem. Yeah. Before, it was just an intriguing mystery. Two intriguing mysteries, yeah. maybe. Um, but now, we're like, it's one mystery, and it's Q, and them stakes. Yeah. Right. And so, now that we know Q's involved, uh, we have an anchor point for this narrative, I would say. Yeah, it all comes together. It's all We know it's all connected somehow, so we're looking at a slightly bigger puzzle than we were. Yeah. Yeah, and I do like this about him, too, where he's like, hey, listen, um, before, yeah, he just kind of plays around, but this, it, he's talking about killing the human race, so I feel like it might be different. <laughs> yeah, he really ever outright lies. He usually just messes with us. So Yeah. I like that um, this is the third time, I believe, where we're like, hey, what if, if we're fated to fuck everything up and die, um, should we just stop what we're doing? And Riker's like, nah, maybe not acting is what does it. It's like, you're never, you're never right about <laughs> that, Will. <laughs> you always say this and you're always wrong. <laughs> We're the monsters, Will. Humanity's the real monster. <laughs> so maybe it's just Will. Maybe Will is the real monster. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's the one guiding humanity to, to always be acting. Yeah. But, so, yeah. Um, so now, now we turn that maybe the time thing is the solution. Um, and so we're directed in the, the, <clears throat> the assumption that, uh, his time travel will avert this catastrophe. Right. And so we're kind of embracing it to some, to some extent. And I like that, that data makes an analogy here. So you have a little more of right. data's development through the time periods as well. So, yeah. It's good. Um, and he would, not only did he make an analogy, but he recognized that it might have been socially inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's good. So. Yeah. And so here, uh, you know, we have a little, uh, a little, another thing Picard's good at, which is this uh, diplomacy with the Romulans. Yep. He's like, yeah, face off. Let's shoot people. Right back into his wheelhouse. So the, the one of the Federation ships out there is the Bozeman that was seen in the time loop episode. It was one that was committed by okay. Kelsey Grammer. So, oh yeah, yeah, a little callback. Hey, look how look how old Worf is. Yeah, he's got all kinds of stuff going on. I mean, he all just 
Very busy. Very busy design. <laughs> I, I don't know if we've established yet how long Cleons live, but uh, I, don't know if, I don't know if he should be that old. But whatever. He's yeah. thematically appropriate. Maybe maybe he just let himself go. Maybe he's not really old. He just kind of like, he used to dye his hair, now he doesn't dye his hair. <laughs> he used to have it in a ponytail, and I just lets it go. Yeah. I mean, I, it does seem to be a thing for Cleon governors, though. So. Yeah, I would say Cleons definitely seem to appreciate kind of like a messy appearance. Yeah. More of a barbaric kind of posture seems to help help you sell your ideas. More of a late run Kaylee McKinney, less of an early run Kaylee McKinney. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. it's Cleons for you. So, uh... So, yeah. <laughs> he straight up manipulates Warfare. <laughs> That's what a dick move. And I mean, look, Worf cares about honor and loyalty... To the rules. Like, this is one of Worf's earliest episodes. He's like, your honor means nothing if it is just to break the rules and not be loyal. It's like, no, he's procedure and safety and reason. Yeah. Everyone here is like, I might get shot by Cleons. And Picard's like, come on. Everyone's like, okay. (laughs) Fast forward five scenes. Spoilers. And they're getting shot by Cleons. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Man, if only someone would have warned us. <laughs> only any of our experience would have stopped this from happening. <laughs> oh my god! Oh man! And so, like he, like yeah, Picard just looked very unreasonable in this timeline, like the most unreasonable. Yeah. and it makes you wonder um, how unreasonable he would have been um, if he wasn't, if if Starfleet wasn't involved. Like if Starfleet didn't rein him in to some degree. I mean, I, he has a degenerative neurological disorder, and if they were to scan him. They would probably find that it's running pretty rampant and um, yeah. they'd be like, die, you're just crazy. But um, what's wrong here is everybody who's enabling him. Yeah. I mean, that that's, that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I mean, you, once he has more information, you could definitely like find a way to kind of execute on whatever needs to be executed on. Yeah. What, um, but, but because they enable him is what creates the paradox. And giving him the chair, like, what? It was... Like, no, you're not true. You're not the captain here. Get out of here. I just... Whatever the futuristic idiom of keys is, you need to take them away from Picard. <laughs> okay? Lock him out of the system. I, I would have loved it if he would have said engage, because, like, Beverly didn't do any kind of permissions thing. Yeah. So it was like, uh, uh, command not authorized by guest guard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ass cheeks not registered with system. <laughs> um, so, yeah. He's like, listen, low-key, um, you're being crazy, and everyone thinks you're crazy. <laughs> yeah. So we're back in the past, and Troy is like, uh, sidebar, you lunatic. <laughs> you? so i just want to recap i don't know if you've been here for the whole thing but red alert uh calling out for an invisible alien <laughs> uh disobeying direct orders from starfleet um this is a weird first day i'm just telling you <laughs> look sir the betting pool is like 60 40 um con slash a guy in <laughs> one floor of the cuckoo's nest like <laughs> we don't know if you're crazy or just up to something incredibly nefarious. Man, Riker looks so tan. <laughs> that's that's uh, season one Riker, recycled footage. So it's... Oh, Frakes okay. is doing voiceover, but that footage is from a different episode. Dude, like, yeah, he's either, like, was playing around in the dirt or he was uh, he was just on the beach getting tan. He was night. He was a young man out in California, out in L.A., doing stuff. <laughs> 
These guys have been on a set nonstop for the past seven years, okay? Cut them some stack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They've, they've lost a little bit of color that, that's had to be kind of made up over. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah, and this is supposed to, like, connect with everything else. Yeah. With the Deanna Troy Riker thing that's going through the other few time periods. But, um, I don't, I understand. Yeah. At the very least, Picard, unlike when he talked to O'Brien, was able to to like restrain like his knowledge of like them, you know, smashing together private bits. Uh, I mean, the right thing to do would have been look, Counselor. I'll order a twenty foot banner that says "It's fucking over, Will," and we'll hang it <laughs> right over the view screen. How do you <laughs> How do you know so much about Will Riker? Oh, it's in his profile. It's fine. It's fine. Ah, uh, this is Andreas Castellus uh, playing yeah. t- the real Admiral Tomalock for the first time in a long time. He played a holographic Tomalock a little bit. Um, yeah. But this is not the Tomalock we've seen so far, but whatever. Andreas Castellus is playing Jakar on Babylon 5 right now, who's way closer uh-huh. to this character. Um, yeah. <laughs> and this whole, yeah. let's break the rules, I love it already. He's great. He's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it, it is a pretty cool, he has a he has like a sense of timing that's pretty rad. Yeah, yeah. Rest in peace, dude. Um, yeah. But no, this is also I think the only instance of a main cast member from Babylon Five being in the same production as one from Deep Space Nine because they were major competitors. I've, I've talked about it in Ninety Space, but Kalmini, okay, cool. Andrews Castellus, both in this episode, uh, both in different. Shows. That's cool. And so, like the other thing too that's interesting, I really liked how they came with like a very like equitable solution like on the fly yeah. it's like all right like each of us get one ship the other two handbag guns ready and we're gonna go see what this stuff's about so like everyone's in the same boat i like it yeah it's good and it just again it shows a little bit of picard's diplomacy and it, it moves us forward it gives us a little obstacle to get over so yeah um and this is kind of neat this is like a neat effect yeah it's nice um and so now he's starting to kind of correlate or collate i would say uh data um between the timelines <laughs> yeah it's like uh it doesn't exist like, in the man, future they, it's so perfect yeah i like how like i imagine like one of like the guys has never seen him before is like man this old guy's really demanding yeah and it's great it's a stunner man womp, womp. you're like ah we know he's traveling through time but you know his credibility is completely bottomed out yeah yeah he's he's no one's really believing this at all um and that that would be fine if romulans don't show up at some point in time but (laughs) uh, as klingon's more uh, mentioning um some more ships are going to come hang out yeah so That's not us. Oh, look, is the oh, f- that's me of uh, Starfleet. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, that was definitely a oh, f- that's me. <laughs> I'm the Rogue Federation Starship. <laughs> hey, that's us. That's we're the rogue. We're the, we're the things doing something we're not supposed to. Yeah. Um, I like these futuristic uniforms and the futuristic combat. Oh yeah, yeah. I think they're good. They're simple but effective. I kind of wish that like there was like a black jumpsuit underneath, and then that that what um crusher is wearing is just like a would be like a jacket like over it yeah, right. it uh it kind of makes her look a little bit like a sack uh but the design itself like the the top and all and like the new i guess badge is pretty neat yeah. so and they'll they'll keep this for flashes forward for a long time to come so 
Okay. That's good. It's a nice style. I don't know. It's, again, simple, colorful. I, <laughs> yeah, but I want to stay longer, Mom. It's not fair. Yeah. I, uh, I should probably put this in the catalog. I, I have a list of, of Starfleet uniforms ranked. Um, oh, okay. And this one should probably be on it because they use it a lot, actually, until we get to the actual future, and then they don't use it, but it's fair. Yeah, I love that. He's like, listen. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah, and he's... Yeah. You know you're in the wrong, Picard. He does. Deal with it. He does. And I mean, she's a fine commander on her own, but undoubtedly, she learned a few yeah. things from Picard. And she... Yeah. Yeah, she... Like, Picard could learn from her, for sure. Yeah. And so, that's what she says. Like, come on, man. This is this is stuff. I learned from watching you. There's a lack of tolerance for yeah. your bullshit. Yeah. Um, it's like yes, yes, we get it. All the bad things are all. Everything is always going to happen. The worst, but it's going to be fine. Yeah, delusions work that way, man. Look, if your delusions are like, man, that milk's going to go bad. You would not. The delusions would not be a problem. Uh, yeah, like well, I wonder if there there'd be like a trivial delusion. Where <laughs> it's just like you don't understand. If I don't do anything, there's going to be bacteria all over that bread. It might just be anxiety. I don't know. Yeah, but, who knows? Yeah. I expected a better laugh out of that. I, I think I missed. Yeah, yeah. So I was hoping. Um, but yeah. So she gives him six hours, which is super generous. Yeah. But it, I mean, yeah, and she even like drives home the point, like, "Hey, listen, if this was anyone else, we would not even be here. Yeah. <laughs> like, we would. Like, you need to realize how much I'm going on a limb for you. Yeah, and she is. She really." really fucking is so yeah get a little more q again and then, yeah and i i love q's like penchant to just kick him while he's down he's like ah you motherfucker again q is one of the best things about this episode yeah um where's your mommy you gotta feel like john delancey also wanted old person makeup <laughs> but you know there's clearly precedent for q making himself look older just because picard's older if you want to bring Sean yeah. Lancey back for Picard. So, I don't, yeah. I don't think you should do that. But, um, <laughs> I I think that there this is interesting. Um, you know, he's essentially saying, he's like, yeah, you're time shifting. Um, you, you can correlate all of, between the different timelines. Yeah. Kind of, you know, hitting in on that hint again. He's like, does the anomaly destroy humanity? And Q goes right back yeah. to this. Yeah, with a little you're ear. the one that's doing it. God, he's just so amazing. The timing, yeah. the voice. Yeah, he's just killing it. Killing it straight up. Yeah. So. So, yeah, we get back to like, okay, listen, we, we up the stakes a little bit more. And now we're back to kind of like, okay, well, here we're facing our mystery. Let's see if we can get some more information about it. Yeah, let's do a Star Trek episode of this bitch. Yeah. So, let's let's solve a damn science mystery. And he's taken the um the knowledge from the future and bringing it back to get us a step ahead. Yeah. Of it. Yeah. And that's great. Like uh <laughs> I like how Data's like he's like, "Yeah, that's actually really interesting. <laughs> Have you ever you've you ever done this?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, Picard could have said, nah, the date in the future did it. But he's like, nah, I'm going to do the James Bond explain away line. Yeah, yeah. Double entendre meaning. So, but not double entendre, double entendre, just two meanings. Yeah. 
So yeah. Um, I think there are three scenes in this episode that do not have Patrick Stewart in them. Um, and this is one of them. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a Patrick Stewart heavy episode is what it is. I mean, if you're gonna, I mean, it, 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 it tracks with how they've written what I've seen. And so, um, if you're gonna <laughs> send it off, then you're going to be Patrick Stewart heavy for sure. If you're going to lean on it, lean all in. Yeah. So, but this you get is, a Jordy thing too. Though. Yeah. That's really neat. Um, I was like, I'm like, whoa, is Jordy going to like get affected as well? Yeah. Is Jordy going to start jumping through time? Yeah. Like all of a sudden the whole crew is just jumping through time. Yeah. So unfortunately not enough bandwidth to do that, but yeah, um, it deepens, it deepens our mystery though. We're learning something about this anomaly. Yeah. And we're not learning trivial stuff. We're learning something that that's actually going to be the crux of the issue, the crux of the conflict. Yeah. Stakes 2.0, but um, <laughs> we haven't gotten there yet. This is the interesting thing is that they're like, hey, your eyes are regrowing. Yeah, that's cool. Didn't they regrow like a whole person in Deep Space Nine? Couldn't <laughs> yeah. you just... Wait, could we have always done this and we just didn't? <laughs> <laughs> we just cloned Jordy's eyes and given him new eyes if he'd wanted that yeah. instead of the incredibly painful visor. Yeah, maybe his uh, maybe his insurance just didn't cover new eyes. Maybe so. So this anti <clears throat> new this new concept of anti time feels very schlocky, but it's all right. I'm I'm not going to give it too much flack, but it is kind of goofy. It is schlocky, yes. I mean, what is it? <laughs> non entropy? What? Yeah. So when what the non entropy they, collides yeah. with the entropy, what does it create? More entropy. <laughs> anyway, no, sir. It's yeah. a fifty-seven Buick. But I mean, essentially, what they're trying to say here is, like, hey, listen, there was like somehow something created like this little ball of anti-time, but because anti-time is running into time, it's become this kind of feedback loop of an explosion that keeps growing because every time it explodes, it expands, and so it's just like growing and growing and growing. I was like, okay, fine, I guess. But at the same time, what the hell is anti-time? Yeah. But, like, because it keeps growing. Yeah. Um, have we figured it out yet? No, we haven't figured it out yet. Yeah, yeah, we have Why yet. it's... He's, he's going to get there. I think he... I think it's after... Uh, I think it's after Q kind of, like, gives him another trip. Yeah. Because we're distracted hey, now. What's going on, Picard, is that th- these are the consequences of your little jaunt to, oh no, we have to be able to be in the Devron system and not let someone else do it. Your jaunt without proof. Yeah. yeah. Heaven forbid someone else, like, competently um, aids you in your mystery. Oh, these are the these are the Negvar class Cleon cruisers. This is the new model they made just for the just for this episode. Oh, snap. Um, but in Deep Space Nine, they're going to reveal this as the new Cleon warship. So we kind of see it in the future, and then a few years later, the Cleons make it. Oh, neat. It's like, oh, cool, yeah. A little, like, little loop there. So, but right now they're assholes. Those dudes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jordy says he can't keep the phase inducers online. That's exactly one of the things he was joking with Picard about. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, they definitely bring out some of the old hits for like the techno babble dictionary. Yeah, the deflector dish and the yeah the phase inducers. So yeah, so yeah, be a little action here too, as required. 
our Riker scene. And so I don't know what this is. I don't know if this is like, hey, listen, Worf's on board. Don't do this. Or if it was like, I'll never surrender. I'm Worf, motherfucker. <laughs> no telling. Whatever it does, it does not work. So. Yeah, yeah. And also we get our first casualty uh, that Picard yep. just kind of blows right by. Yep. Sucks. So, man, if only there was like another captain with like a really big gun that's used to Picard's bullshit, <laughs> like a bailing out. Of, oh wait, here it is. <laughs> it's it's the Riker cavalry. That becomes <laughs> a thing in this franchise, but that's good. Um, so yeah, but it's hella sweet though. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's a dope entry for sure, and I do like how he says like, "Yeah, I figured you wouldn't listen to me because you never listen to me." <laughs> It's got a spinal mount. It's got a third to sell for no reason. And it's just kicking the shit out of that Cleon ship. Yeah. Flying just, through the explosion. A personal yeah, favorite just, movie. Just mine. gratuitous. <laughs> like, yeah. you know how much I don't care about the ship? Not to divert away from the debris. Yeah. So, I mean, it's badass. It's badass as Star Trek gets, I think. Yeah. So, they also made the transporters a little faster here because it's the future. Yeah. But yeah, so they they reset the they redress the Enterprise to make it look a little more futuristic. Put the little box on top. Yeah, that I don't think it doesn't look like they're yeah like this. And look, he he just goes right into Worf. It's like, damn, dude, twenty five years, you're still doing this. He's not wrong, but dude, get over it. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean. I, uh, you know, sure. And that Riker's still sacrificing his objectivity, his command. Yeah. For his... Yeah. He still can't do his job because he's worried about like, what, what is Dick mixed out on? <laughs> yeah. It would have been better if maybe Picard had, uh, not Picard. I mean, the other Captain Picard had said that. Yeah. Um, Dr. Crusher, where she's like, Hey guys, the pastor's about to explode, but yeah, whatever. She's got a ninja up a hypo spray for this scene. <laughs> I Look, mean, my, I, I, I'm betting a hundred percent. Like when Beverly, um, in, like when she agreed to this mission, she put one like in her back pocket. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. I mean, I would also accept as a minor action once per day. She can just produce one. But yeah, yeah. We don't good. leave. <laughs> Bow. <laughs> He's gone. Got he him. Phase right into this. So. I can only imagine Picard... Like, these time jumps are continuous. Yeah. Like, because we can see Picard in the future leaving the ready room after his discussion with Q in the ready room. Yeah. So, Picard has to walk down the corridor like, ah, I'm probably not going to walk into that guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Whoa, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> maybe he deserves a shoulder check. He's not moving. <laughs> yeah. I'll make up my mind. As long as I don't time jump... Oh, no. <laughs> he time jumps in the middle of it. Yeah. But, yeah. Oh, well. That sucks. Miscarriage and the list- is cool. It's a divorcing. Yeah, for time reasons. Her baby turned into sex. It was awful. (laughs) That may be the worst thing I've said in this series. That baby is about to give you an orgasm in the next four hours. (laughs) All right, good. Thank you. You're a bro for saving me from having said the worst thing in this series. Good job. (laughs) So, um, but we get double stakes. Stakes two, electric boogaloo. Yeah. Which is that it's also going to make everybody younger. Yeah. So... And so we don't really know how that's going to kill folks, but um, I mean, it's believable enough. I don't have to really be explained that. I mean, you've given me yeah. enough stakes here that 
a little bit of extra dash of mystery uh, that we don't look into is fine. It makes no sense. I just want to be clear. If your cells collectively stop doing what they do for about five minutes, you're just a funny corpse. <laughs> like, I mean, that's, that's all we all are. Yeah. So, um, but whatever, some things kind of reverse it. We do, we do bad reverse aging. So yeah, but, um, well, not the thing. worst reverse aging plot this crew has to deal with. So yeah. not even the top five. I but think. yeah, so now, now this is where we get kind of get the first of where everyone's like, where he's like, he's like basically got three crews of the enterprise all like around this one problem. Because like yeah. right now that risk analysis isn't for the people here. It's for um, it's for like the other timelines. Mainly, I think the the future one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is this is pretty good. Ah, oh, it's so good. Yeah. Again, the different ways that Q can pop in. Yeah. He's so great. He's a seasoning. You got to use him lightly. And one of the things I love too is that um, he does point out something that is intrinsic to humanity. In that Picard is messing with something he doesn't understand. And humans do yeah. that all the fucking time. We do. And anytime we're in trouble, you always kind of wonder, maybe if we understood it a little bit better. Yeah. But it is beneficial for us to understand only the parts which aid us and to not understand risk. Yeah. So. And so, uh, yeah, he's like, oh, oh, you don't reckon this? This old, uh, this old place? You know, it's just Earth. Yeah, it's great because it actually talks about like the actual age of the Earth and the formation of life on Earth. Yeah. So yeah, the, so the deal is, is that in order to get rid of humanity, the Q continuum is going to have Picard create an anti-time anomaly, um, which will fill the entire quadrant, yeah. which is a quarter of the galaxy. Yeah, I mean, really, Picard could just let the anomaly run its course, and then anti-time becomes time, big bang, and then here we go again. We're just going the opposite way. I mean, yeah, it's fair. <laughs> QED. But all biological life, as we know it, would be stopped by this. Well, yeah, but then it would just be remade on the other side. <laughs> Once we get to zero time and we start going into negative time, it just goes in the, a different direction. I'm just saying the cancel culture of the Q <laughs> is... <laughs> Is hidden fairly broad in here, and that it's not just going to affect the yeah. humans; it's going to affect the Trill and the Cleons yeah. and everybody else. And I, I do like how they didn't do any kind of weird magic here. They just used kind of Delancey's narrative to kind of uh, describe to him, like, like the last piece of the puzzle. Yeah, basically, he's like, "Hey, listen, this is where life comes, man. You don't recognize your ancestor? Check it yeah. out." He's like, "Ah, oh, look, man, here it happens. The immunized are getting closer." They're getting closer. Oh, wait a minute. Fellas, is it gay to look lovingly at your man while you describe the origins of all life? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I wonder if they're going backwards. Yeah. So, and it's a little disappointing that he spells out what's happening Yeah. Uh, to us, but it makes the episode work. So. Yeah, I mean, especially after you made that whole big deal about how you can't tell him. Uh, but, I mean, he didn't he didn't tell him exactly, but he gave him basically almost everything. Yeah. Um, it is interesting. I mean, an anti-time anomaly going backwards would reeve backwards in time. Your present would become one where the anomaly always existed. 
um, yeah. and then you would die. So it would have to propagate backwards it's backwards in time at some point, or it would simply create um, create a new timeline for every plank second of time in existence. Yeah. But, but I guess like it all depends on like if you make the what what's interesting about that is that if we presume that time travel in here is every new decision forks the timeline, the fork is still going in one flow, one direction. With this notion of anti time, now you have a fork going in multiple directions. I mean, um, maybe it's some sort of crystalline structure which is centered around one explosion moving backwards. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. And it's throwing I mean, off the the, tachyon, the three tachyon pulses don't feel like they're big enough to like create such a thing, but I well I guess that they don't it, they don't create it as big they just create it and then it just grows because all yeah. the positive time around it I guess yeah I mean you wouldn't expect um, dynamite to be that explosive unless you knew what dynamite was yeah. once you set it off the explosion is pretty big yeah. So that's what they've done. They've had the, the three inverse tachyon beams converge, uh, and that created the little rift where anti-time yeah. started seeping at a regular time. Because tachyon means time, and inverse tachyons means anti-time. <laughs> I mean, yes. yes <laughs> You're qualified to be a science officer. <laughs> Yay, I finally got my degree after seeing so many episodes. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so the deal is that there's a rift between Riker and Worf, right? Yeah, yeah. Made principally by Riker being a dick. So right. why are these people sitting with Riker? Yeah, like that's you know, and but I mean, it's it's all spin, right? Like when there's a big rift between two um, people in like a, a friend group, you know, you never know how all the friends are going to kind of play out, you know, and you could. You know, maybe maybe Riker was able to just, um, you know, convince them all to hang with him and Worf just pushed people away. Who knows? Yeah, maybe Worf did. That's sort of Worfy. I mean, Worf does. Yeah, Worf is kind of like, I'm going to go brood in the corner. Nobody talk to me. <laughs> yeah. And people go up and try to talk to him. He's like, well. <laughs> I'm like, all right. Yeah, I guess he doesn't want it. <laughs> yeah. So. But, like, in that there's some sort of other human dramatic component to this. It'll do. Yeah. And so, like, like you think, like, oh, Riker can't be dumber. Like, can't get any dumber. He's like, uh, he's like, when Deanna died, I tried to go over to him at the funeral. And, like, Jordy's like, um, you think maybe he was, like, dealing with some shit? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. Like, during the funeral for the woman he loved? I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah. But, you know, he does mention it. So. Yeah. But still, basically, you shouldn't have people on the hook and you shouldn't date your therapist. Can't yeah. you both accept that you're both pretty awful? Yeah. But. I mean, yeah. if you want to date your therapist, you just have to have a new therapist. And, mm. and there's a lot of paperwork involved. Why are junior officers such jerks on the ship? <laughs> They don't like their ages. They're like, ah, oh, whatever. This old guy doesn't know that doesn't know his way around the ship. What a he's never been on a galaxy class ship before. It's, historically, the ship will tell you and even shine lights if you ask it. Oh wow. Okay. So, <laughs> well, yeah. No, we saw that like the first episode. Um, 
Riker needed to get somewhere. She's like, oh, you can just ask the panel. And the panel told him in the light strike. <laughs> Dr. Crusher, do you not know how his metabolism works with this? Yeah, yeah. Look, you gave him 2.5 cc's. That's what we call an inverse liver. <laughs> if he doesn't <laughs> drink enough alcohol, um, he starts getting super drunk. Yeah. Maybe it's all that Darjeeling. It keeps him up. Yeah. She's like, this will knock him out for 12 hours unless he's been drinking Darjeeling. <laughs> he's so sensitive to it. That's why. But whatever. He's like, whatever. I like how he's like, listen, uh, I, he's trying to d- describe a very simple paradox and he's doing a very bad job of it. So it's a good thing Data's here because he's like, uh, it's like, I know you're looking at him with like me mugging him this whole time, Will, but uh, Data's going to help him out for a second. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, that Data can interpret all of this into a cohesive idea is another, like, credit to Data's development. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of was like, I think I can translate these crazy ramblings of a diseased old man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I took a course in speaking old. I think I got it. <laughs> It was an elective. I had a free. I had a free time slot. Sir, sir, have things gotten more expensive? Yes, yes, they have. <laughs> it's like, all right, I think it's a, it's a paradox. It's a paradox of some kind. Are the youngins on your lawn? <laughs> yes, yes, they are. <laughs> they won't get off. Do you, is your series still set on the default voice? Yes, she just won't quit it. I wanted to be British. It's like, oh, oh yeah, there we go. This is serious, serious yeah. guys. So. Anti-time, the thing that we just like labeled and we don't really understand at all. Um, but yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, so it grows backwards as it as it it grows as it goes backwards in time. So at its inception, it wouldn't have been there, or it would have been very small. Yeah, he's like, "Come on, you got to trust me." And here's the gig. Yeah. Riker didn't like he's the only one that acted the way he should have with all of Picard's kind of one last mission. We got to do this stuff right now, blah, 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 because everything that Picard gave him was not sufficient to move. Like he's like, everything you're telling me isn't isn't useful. I can't do anything with it. When he finally tells him something he can do something with, he moves. He still doesn't have to like he still isn't necessarily doing something Starfleet wants him to do but it's credible enough for him to move yeah and that's what this is all about you being right itty bitty anti-time anomaly well he's not crazy (laughs) it's good for him to know at this point yeah I guess so I guess that's he's like ha ha it wasn't insane so he's been put through the ringer man and everyone put out their trust on him people almost died people did die because of, of his belief but now he knows he's not crazy but there is that's something such happening. a weird <laughs> such a weird thing to say that yes yes when i time shift again i'll let them know yeah it's like and we were getting on top of it though this is our climax yeah yeah true so but he says the three time periods but which one like he was in one of those time periods and there were only other two so where was the third tachyon being coming from did i miss it oh uh, uh is it when, I guess when it was, when they were in the Pasteur? Yep. Okay. So, like, one of those time periods was actually just the old time period, but <laughs> some some hours before. 
Um, right. So the the when the anti time anomaly was created, the Pasteur's beam was in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that happened during the Cleon attack. At the moment, the Pasteur disengaged their inverse tachyon beam. Yeah. So, and that's a plot hole because yeah. allegedly, I, I, I wasn't going to bring it up unless you came to it. The uh, inverse okay. tachyon beams, they, data says they're all from the Enterprise. They all have the same waveform modulation. Right, but one's from the Pasteur. Yeah, it's, it's a pretty basic plot hole. Um, yeah. No one on the cast caught it until, I think it was Mike, no, Rick Berman's 10-year-old son watched the episode. <laughs> nice. It's like, oh, yes, well. There you are, then. But I mean that—that's kind of like the capstone in the sense of like, oh man, we got to dumb it down for the uh, audience. And then one of the writers' kids is like, "Hey, Dad, I think you got messed up the tachyon beams." <laughs> yeah, um, I wasn't going to bring it up because it is a big plot hole. We usually talk about that, but I don't—I don't want to sink this episode or anything. Yeah, yeah, no, fun. and it's fine. Like, like there, yes, there are three beams. It was a little unclear where the uh, three. Like, but once we shut off the beams, it's moot. Like, we still everything works fine. So it's a pothole, but it's a very small one. I would say, like, it's yeah. a rudimentary one that we should have caught. But it is, it is kind of like a small hole that isn't going to um, affect too much of the the narrative. Yeah, um, and now we get Picard speech giving a Picard <laughs> giving yeah. what is one of the first Picard speeches that would pan. Yeah, on. and he's giving a Picard speech to no one who has ever had a Picard speech before, and he's saying like, "Listen, this is a mission that we may not come back from. Spoilers, you're not gonna." And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I need you all to trust me um, that it's the right thing to do. And it's like, all right, so we've met this captain. It's been like a week. He's done nothing but crazy crap, and now suicide mission. All right, I guess I guess we're going to go die. <laughs> He's like, if they don't say yes to this, I'm going to do the Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> Everyone can relate to Shock's speech. I think it would be funny if Shock's like, don't even celebrate Shock Week. What's that? Yeah, I, I feel like it'd be funny if like, uh, Lieutenant Yar was like, no, no, we're not. <laughs> this is it. This is... I'm taking command, and it's like, all right, I didn't want to have to do this. And it goes up to Data, like, reprograms him really quickly, and Data just takes control of everything, locks everyone down, does exactly what Picard wants. <laughs> he hits Data right in the back, he takes out an iron filing. <laughs> I can work wonders with Mr. Data's <laughs> brain in an iron file. <laughs> you wouldn't think it, but it happened at some point. <laughs> so. Well, yeah. He was like, yes, now I know the science. <laughs> uh, that's great. Um, but it's good. Yeah. Like the, the synchronicity of data and Picard is the synchronicity of things working. Yeah. And one of the things that I love about data so much is that, um, he understands when to ask questions and he doesn't let his ego get in the way of like what has to get done when something's urgent. He's like, Nope, I understand that. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, I, I wish I, I encountered that more in my life, but it, yeah. it's a pretty rare thing. Yeah. So, um, but it's great. Like, now we are moving almost fluidly through these time shifts. Yeah. Like, yeah, Picard's won, won over basically everyone in every time period, and we're all doing the same thing. Um, and there's a unity across time with our past and our present and our future, where we are still yeah. united uh, in this purpose. Um. Right. And again, initially, all three time periods had a very different visual look, right? Yeah. Picard's bathroom, I, I, vineyard. 
Yeah, I thought they were going to do like the whole thing where they go into the time period and it was uh, into the fluctuation and it was going to be kind of like the intro where they go into like the little little light beam thing. Ah. Um, I thought that's how they're going to like close it up. But yeah. no, this is good. this is still pretty good. Um, seeing kind of yourselves in different times. <laughs> yeah. It would be funny if like... Uh, you know, because there are in- infinite multiverses, there were like similar ones that just kind of offshoot, like just happened to also be here <laughs> doing the same thing. It's like yeah. there's 15 different enterprises. Wow, I only expected three. You uh, you missed that episode. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they they were on the verge of filling an entire sector with enterprises. Things things went fucky. So. Oh damn! Um, damn son. Yeah. So yeah, but um, now we've converged to very similar looks that are still distinct yeah. in their own ways. Um, yeah, and the and so like what's crazy is like okay, I'm like all right, that kind of sucks. We just we just like eighty six two timelines, but I guess this makes sense that this one. Uh, and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, you're gonna you're not gonna kill us all, are you? <laughs> I, I love that. I love that cues here to kind of like ease the blow. Yeah, say the title of the episode as well. So yeah, it's good stuff. But they do it; they suck up all the anti-time. Yeah, and explode into a fade to white. A big light of time. Yeah, and because like, did I survive? And he was like, "You're talking, aren't you?" It's like, dude, he has died before and had conversations <laughs> with you. Come yeah, on. you create entities. We have no idea how sentient they are. <laughs> yeah. And this is wild, like, like Q's like, oh man, I always had faith in you. You're such a good race. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? <laughs> I like that he's taking off his gloves like the show's over. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, he's like disrobing and they're just chilling out. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, this is where, like, this conversation really sells, like, the great filter kind of concept. But I really like, yeah. um, beyond that, he starts talking about how you're focusing on the material outcomes of a lot of your actions, but you never, you still have to examine the actions themselves and grow in that way. And I feel like that's true of the enterprise and true of humans today as well. And so some pretty powerful words, I feel. Yeah. In this relationship turns where Picard thinks Q. Yeah. She kind of rarely does. But in the Q is like, you know, I actually did fuck up by getting you into this. Yeah, so yeah. He takes he takes blame for stuff. It's a good relationship. Played amazingly well by John Watson. Yeah. And here's the best speech of this show. Yeah. Where Q just says, hey, look, you need to think beyond what's right in front of you. Even if you care about the people in front of you, you have to think beyond that. You don't. Yeah. I mean, it, it, those are such good words, and the the implications of them, um, I don't know, they're great. And it, it definitely wishes that you could be in a world in which that prioritized such a thing. Yeah. And of course, the thing is, Picard's like, ah, I hope our trial's over. And Q is like, you just, <laughs> you just don't get it, do you? Yeah, you don't stop. You thought that you- Yeah, you never yeah. stop, man. Fellas, is it gay? Oh, that, that was a little, like... <laughs> Like he was about to, he was about to give him something. He's like, you know what? I'm not gonna. He sets up himself. See, he did say, yeah, it did say he was gonna yeah, come by again. But I mean, 
narratively. You should. <laughs> yeah. That's such a good picture. Like you just like with his arms raised on this very ostentatious throne. Fading into the nothingness. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And here we are right back at the beginning. Start at 47988. <laughs> ah, Captain, so, taking one of your barefoot strolls again. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I mentioned it. They went to the Black Sea, which is in Russia, uh, which kind of harkens back to Worf being from Russia. So, oh, okay. Yeah. But we're done. Everything's okay. We're right back to the start. We aced three timelines. <laughs> yeah. They knew, they knew the risks. Picard's learned to have some shame. Yeah, he doesn't, I mean, he doesn't, not a lot of shame, just more than he had before. (laughs) Yeah. But it's good. I mean, we we understand where we go in the timeline, because we're right back in the teaser. Yeah. Um, And then we have a captain's log to exposit to us, which is what they're there for. Yep. And then we go right into our our final scene. Yeah. And so this is... uh, this is interesting, right? You know, like I, my understanding of the military is that there are very like clear lines between um, NCO, like NCOs, you know, like enlisted, non-enlisted, and like the various ranks in between, right? Like, you know, privates and sergeants, you know, lieutenants and captains, etc. Yeah. Um, so him kind of like him like joining this uh, definitely felt like it would be like a like breaking of that i don't know if it's a tradition or not i don't no. know if it just it would i don't know I mean, why that is the case but it would definitely yeah they're, break they're it. senior staff so yeah um i think it's reasonable for the captain to have a, a, a informal relationship with the senior staff um i've never gotten the impression that's not allowed i mean dating might be different but i mean yeah sitting down for a poker night that's Riker going hey ne- let's never let a woman come between us and Troy's <laughs> like my name is troy <laughs> but yeah anyway, maybe that's Man. why she comes in late so but picard does keep this air around himself he does keep himself kind of aloof yeah uh so when he comes in like you can tell the tone changes yeah they're all like oh man do we gotta like take it easy on the old dude <laughs> yeah well is there a problem is there some work to be done yeah yeah Riker is like already like oh man are we in trouble <laughs> yeah I mean, he didn't like the future that he saw, so he decided to change it. And part of that is is to treat these people like friends. Yeah. Because he values them and he wants to keep them around. So. Um, <laughs> Did I ever tell you the time that I got into a bar fight and got stabbed through the heart? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he takes a moment to appreciate... The present. Yeah, like, I, when I first saw that, I was like, uh, Troy's like, is it happening again? Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, they were talking yeah. about it, like, he explained it to them, even though they don't have any memory of it. But it's like, oh, shit, is he, is he doing it? <laughs> is he time shifting? <laughs> yeah. But, and that's, um, that's how it ends, with all of them together, not so much as a crew, but as friends, even before. Yeah. Uh, mindful of their future. Yeah. They, yeah, they wouldn't be together not just now, but, uh, you know, for years to come. Yeah. And at the very least, you know, because they foisted this stupid narrative of, like, Riker not being over Troy uh, onto yeah. the character of Riker, um, they at the very least resolved it uh, before, you know, ending yeah. the episode, which is something. It was a fine stand-in for the divisions among the crew. And 
we yeah at the end they realized that we'd, we'd rather be friends than to be divided over anything yeah it's good um final thoughts all good things and maybe even tng in general yeah um i think all good things is like a solid sci-fi episode even though it does have time travel um i, I <laughs> because i think it does it it does time travel in a different way it, it doesn't necessarily like have people going back in time to get a thing or do a thing to change the future it is more along the lines of correlating information through different points in time to like um, better understand a phenomenon that changes over time. And that's the kind of thing that I like, like thinking about whether it be tropes or conflicts or stories in a different way um, that, that kind of, you know, provides some enjoyment. And I think there are a lot of good episodes uh, in TNG that do that. I, I do. It does feel kind of like a, I feel like it's, a series that does a lot of good, but often would leave me feeling like I'd want to flip the episodes. Like I'd want to just, this has good bones, but they just made some mistakes. And if I could fix the mistakes, then it would be so much better than what I've seen. But, you know, I mean, that's just what it is. The, the series is what it is. I don't think that it's really beneficial to kind of get wrapped up into making a bad thing in the past. Uh, or maybe not so much a bad thing, but an incomplete or something with potential uh, bringing it to the future and trying to change it. I, I feel like it'd be better to just yeah. learn some lessons and make a new thing. Right. Like Babylon 5 or Deep Space 9. <laughs> so, or Battlestar Galactica. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I loved it. I love I loved the finale. It, it, it shows more flaws the more I watch it. Yeah. But same thing with TNG. You know, like I think it's finally starting to show its age a bit. Which is sad. I mean, that that tracks uh, to me. There, there are some, you know, I haven't seen all of uh, the Star Trek episodes, and I don't know if that, I don't know if I will. I, I don't think what I've seen is really kind of, I guess, um, sold me that much on its kind of particular brand. And I think part of it is a time thing. I think a lot of being a Trekkie maybe has something to do with watching Star Trek on TV and not watching it kind of the way we consume TV shows and content now um, because on TV they can kind of choose to exclude some of the episodes that doesn't sell uh, the series so well but in you know like when you're just kind of looking at it on a streaming service um, it's everything you, you you watch it all in order yeah I mean there there are there are preferred watch lists. If you're ever interested in watching Deep Space Nine, I can give you some episodes to look at. I wouldn't recommend too much of it except Deep Space Nine. Maybe Lower Decks. Lower Decks was kind of a fine fun little watch. But yeah, who knows? It's, yeah. Anything could happen in the future. We this was twenty five years ago, and not to scare you, we have like at least probably statistically speaking, twenty five more years in us. So Yeah. Uh, so the sky's the limit. Yeah, sky's the limit. I'll make this short because 
Everyone Hates Credits. Star Trek is property of CBS Television Studios. We are watching Star Trek The Next Generation on Netflix. We are talking on Discord, and we are recording and editing in Audacity, the free audio editor and recorder. The Beige and the Bold is hosted on Anchor and can be found on most podcasting platforms. Thank you to Patreons Tracker by Moonlight and Miss Jess for their contribution. I'm not always as focused on the Beige and the Bold as I should be, but they remind me that as long as this is important to even a few people, it's worth doing. Thank you all, and remember Ren.